Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have uh, a very special guest here with us today. Um, welcome. Hi. Special special guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Paul. Uh, do, do you... Yeah, uh, introduce yourself, yeah, special uh, guest, please. I'm Nick's uh, younger brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we used to play no, a lot of Smash. Good. And uh, yeah, sword fight. Nice. Um, my bro- my brother Paul is our guest today. Um, and as he said, we used to play Smash and Sword Fight all the time. Uh, and that's what he currently does right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is so the best Paul, introduction uh, we've ever done. I'm just say it. <laughs> it is. It is really good. Uh, Paul, what movie? Uh, d- this is actually your suggestion. Yeah. What movie did did are we watch? Are we gonna talk about? Today? Oh, we're watching Scooby Doo. We're reviewing Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed. Hell yeah! Hell fucking the yeah! The best CGI Scooby Doo incarnation. It's something, all right. It's um, I don't know. I I hate Scooby Doo, like the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> it it is really funny, Paul, that you recommended this because um, I don't know. I hate's a strong word, but I I'm not. Of the biggest Scooby Doo fan, like he always bugged me as a kid because he's so stupid, and just I was it. It, it would always that's, that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, well, like they're they're like, oh, we're hungry. We're we're gonna we're gonna figure out who the villain is, and it was just very frustrating watching that as a child. But there's other characters who you could identify with who are like smarter. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really watch it enough as a kid to to recognize like oh. Fred is smarter. Daphne is smarter. Velma is smarter. You know, right? That's weird. I don't know. Um, I don't know how you couldn't recognize that, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Paul and I were too busy watching um the other Hanna Barbera property, uh, Johnny Quest. A lot. Well, it's a better show. Yeah, by far and away, a better show. Uh, I would oh, say yeah. like the monsters are probably cooler on Scooby Doo. Just because I can't remember a lot of the monsters on Johnny Quest. And there weren't always monsters per episode. But with Scooby-Doo, there was always a monster. Granted, it was always fake, but there was always a monster. The thing with Johnny Quest is, like, the monsters were actually monsters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They had, like, Bigfoot and stuff like that, right? They had, like, your usual cryptozoology and then, like, some, like, other mythic... I don't remember. Yeah, they they had those. They had, like... Uh, one of the most famous ones is like a pterodactyl that survived from the Stone Age or right, whatever. Right, I kind of remember um, a giant crab. Or did I make that up? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the the evil the evil mad scientist doctors would create these monsters, and they it, it was more sci fi than Scooby Doo. So, right, that was my preference. Mm. Yeah. Um. So I I thought this was an interesting pick, Paul, because uh you are younger than us. So what is like your relationship with the Scooby Doo property? Like, what did what Scooby Doo did you grow up watching? Um, it's like cyber. Was it like Returns of Cyberspace? Okay, I don't even yeah. know that one. It's it's pretty niche. They have like they have like a set of like four movies or something. They're like animated. There's one like they get abducted by aliens. Okay, I'm vaguely familiar with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Scooby Doo in the Cyber Chase is a 2001 direct-to-video animated 
comic science fiction mystery film. Um, so yeah, like when 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 Paul was a kid and when I was a kid, like we th- th- this was the the Scooby Doo that came out around that time period. It yeah, seems yeah. Like. I don't remember that one, but I remember the one where they go to like Louisiana, and there's like the Werecats. Huh. I don't remember that, that one. That was like that one and then and there were zombies in that one as well. And that was like the first one where the monsters were real. Um and there was like a song they literally created by like some pop punk band where it was like, And the monsters are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- there's been so many so many different iterations of Scooby Doo over the years, just animated or live action. Um it, 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 like there's probably just dozens of different continuities and dozens of different adaptations. I, I I couldn't keep track of them. Yeah, well there there are two other live action Scooby Doo's after this that were made for TV, made for Cartoon Network with different actors entirely. Yes, they look awful. And I th- they look yeah, truly <laughs> awful. <laughs> they do, and I, I think those were like more prequels. Like they were they were younger kids. It's like before yeah, yeah. they started becoming mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Which is introduced in this movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed came out in 2004. Um, directed by Raja Gosnell, um, who directed Home Alone 3, Big Mama's House, Scooby-Doo, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs. Amazing. Um, and he edited Popeye, Pretty Woman, Home Alone, and Home Alone 2. And that's just a few of his credits. He's actually... Um, that's wild. Yeah, he's a pretty prolific editor and uh, fairly prolific director. The majority yeah. of his, his films he's directed are terrible. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, Scooby-Doo 2 is... I, I'm going to say it. It's great, folks. It's really <laughs> fun. <laughs> I did like it. I um, I actually just watched it just now. I, I enjoyed it, it a lot. <laughs> Well, I'm glad because it was was your your Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Do you remember the first one too? The first I didn't watch it. Like the one that I mean, okay, that's um because I I have very vague memories of the one that comes before this. Yeah, I think it's um Monster Island or something. So I don't think it has a subtitle, but it is on an island. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They are. They're hired by, um, I think by Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. It, it is it is Mr. Bean, yeah. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, they're hired by him to, um, yeah, uh, there's a ghost. Um, it's like a clown ghost, like a jester ghost, I think. Um, yeah. And they're, they're supposed to investigate that. But then it turns out it's Shaggy. Uh, no, no, not Shaggy. It's a, what's the, it's Scrappy Doo. Scrappy. Scrappy Doo is the bad guy. Is the guy. villain, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which is clever. Um yeah, he he has like a like a resort island. It's kind of like Jurassic Park. It's like come to my yes. my island castaway paradise theme park and and like find the villain and it's the 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 clever part is that it's Scrappy Doo is the ultimate villain. Yeah. And I I think he's using like a animatronic Rowan Atkinson that he's in. Yes, like and yes. then they find Rowan Atkinson later and he has like a big beard. He was like in a jail cell somewhere <laughs> under the island. <laughs> This is all coming back to me. Yeah. Yes. So that and this film were both written by James Gunn, um, which is why yes. I think they are enjoyable films, because otherwise sure. they would probably just be really, really terrible. Yeah. Um, the the writing of this movie, you get the sense that like the the person writing it ha- like cares about the source material. Yes. He had, mm-hmm. like they, they have fond memories. It's like 
the whole plot is is oh the villains of the show come to life for real and they're actually real vil- like real monsters and it, which is very like james gunn kind of sent like thing to do i think yeah no my, my understanding is some of them weren't even in like the show like the cotton candy monster was from like the the comic books so he's drawing from like all these different you know sources mm-hmm. which is again very james gunn seems like he like really loves this property yeah yeah for sure um one of the strongest things of this movie is the cast um just the casting is like perfect it, like especially the the main the main foursome the, the mystery gang but also just all the other smaller all the other smaller parts uh so we have uh freddie prince jr as fred uh sarah michelle geller as daphne uh matthew lillard as shaggy linda cardellini as velma seth green as um some other character uh, Peter Boyle, Tim Blake Nelson, Alicia Silverstone, Neil Fanning, uh, Ruben Studdard, bless the past, incredible, and Pat O'Brien, also incredible. Just yeah. I love that they're both in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's largely the same cast as the first one. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, and like I said, uh, Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Matthew Lillard, uh, and Linda Cardellini uh just like spot on casting for these characters yeah they really embody them i can't even think of who else could play these characters yeah um reception uh it was made for 80 million dollars uh it definitely made that back it was a, it was a box office success at 181.2 million dollars um and this is where it gets interesting <laughs> the the audience score on the rotten tomatoes meter is 22% Oh no! I'm sorry. the The critic score on the Rotten Tomatoes meter is 22 percent. Audience score is 39 percent. So wah, pretty wah. low in both cases. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> but that's what we do in the show. We. I think the squarely, the score squarely... makes sense because I think just critics are just gonna be like, "Ugh, another fucking kids movie. I have to go watch." You know. Yeah. Uh, and then the audience score. I guess we're just at that point in 2004, like where we all thought we were better than something like this, but we're not. This is good, folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess to get right into it, um, the the whole conceit of the movie and, and where we start is the, the Mystery Inc. gang, they are going to, um, like, the, the public unveiling of, of, like, the Mystery Inc. museum where they have all of the artifacts and all the costumes from their career and their adventures. And it's it's like this whole like oh big publicity event. Everyone's like all, all their fans are there, and and they're showing off for the press and everything. Um, and it, it's a cool setup because like it 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 like presents the Scooby Doo worlds in a relatively grounded and realistic, like like real world situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very succinctly too. It's just like this is a gang. People know who they are. Here are their cases. This is why they're like popular and famous. You know, we see the classic uh, monsters, these costumes, um, and I wish we saw, saw more of this in the actual movie. We get some, you know, fleeting glimpses of all the costumes, um, but apparently they made all those costumes to be functional costumes. So someone could have worn any of those costumes in that scene, and then they had little plaques in front of each one that had, like, the yes. name of the ghost, the name of the person in the costume, and then, like, some information about it, like, where they you know took down that criminal or something like that um so they went to like great lengths uh for the verisimilitude (laughs) of this film i really appreciate that is cool um 
so paul did you ever actually watch the cartoon or is your like exposure to scooby-doo more about no i watched like movie movies like this i watched the cartoon um it, it yeah i think i watched this after watching the cartoon for a while did you recognize like i don't know in, in the background they had like the pterodactyl ghost they had like other kind of classic monsters like d- did you recognize them or was it uh, I don't, like how obscure were they i, I mean some of them but like at this point they're kind of like tied to like my memory of this movie more so yeah. than anything yeah oh yeah that makes sense um so yeah like we we get we we're introduced to the characters in the scene um Vilma is is smart but awkward. Fred is like confident. Uh, Daphne is like glamorous and attention seeking, and, and Scooby and uh, Shaggy are like they're just like hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, yeah, I I don't. It's so crazy because I'm I'm not the biggest Scooby Doo fan, but it's it's genuinely cool to see like they they like Matthew Lillard as as Shaggy. He he just nails it. Like that's 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 such good casting, and he literally is like live action Shaggy. Yeah, I I feel like he had all the clothes uh, from the wardrobe. Yes. Like he just had that yes. in his closet already. Uh, yes, they didn't actually have to costume him. Um, the only thing he had to do was like put the affectation on his voice. But like probably that's his his real hair. Like it's just oh, yeah. the only person who I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. I mean, I like Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred. It's perfect, but I don't like his wig. I don't like the. I don't think he really sells being yeah. a blonde as much as everybody else really works. That's fair. That's fair. I can see that. Um, but he sells being like it, a square jock as much as Sarah Michelle Gellar sells being just like yeah, this very glamorous, glamorous. Uh, you know, also kind of jockey uh popular girl um and they're really interesting because they're married in real life yeah it it is funny that they were they were already at at least dating at this point i don't know if they were married i'm not sure yeah that's true at this point they they still are married today which is funny yeah um so yeah we we continue with our introduction here at the at the mystery ink museum um in coolsville the best fucking usa (laughs) um seth green shows up they also mentioned old Coolsville. I wasn't sure if that was the same city or or a sector of the city. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or a different I wonder if city. that's like the sector where like the mine is that we go to later. I wonder if like that's old Coolsville. I think it I think it is. I think they say that. Um And people from Coolsville are referred to as Coolzonian. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, we refer to ourselves here at Proletarian Contrarian as Coolzonia cool yeah. too. We are in the Coolzonia right now, as they would say <laughs> online. Um, but yeah, Seth Green shows up. Um, Velma's love interest in the movie. Um, he, he's he's the awkward. I think he's like the curator, the curator for the museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what he is. Um, Patrick know, he, Wisely, which is also an amazing name. Um, yes. very much in the spirit of the the show yeah um and then all, all's going well and then until a supervillain attacks and uh it, it's like this i don't know kind of like dr doom looking villain he has a cool mask that moves around he has crazy metal hair and he has like this dark coat and everything um 
and one of the monsters turns out to be real the pterodactyl monster yeah one of the less convincing cgi like because there's there's some cgi yeah. monsters throughout there's some really cool costumes too um but yeah it's one of the less convincing ones but it's fine i mean it's it's okay cgi it's cartoony which is in its favor <laughs> yeah it's it's okay but i i kept thinking just like throughout watching it scooby's a little distracting yeah um he's such a central figure i i don't want to say it aged horribly just because like it's it's 2004 and it's meant to be more cartoony but it it, it wasn't the best at like 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 whenever matthew lillard and and, and scooby-doo interacted like when they had to carry each other yeah i know exactly it's, when it's, they have to touch each other it's like oh this is just this does not look good yeah it does not yeah. work guys i actually didn't notice that i i only noticed one part where uh like he interacts with Velma in a weird way, and she like jumps out of the shot like early. Yeah, like when Scooby inter- interacts with Velma. Yeah, probably yeah. they like they probably missed their marker there, where yeah. it was like, all right, Linda, you gotta jump at this moment, and they didn't do it, and they just could never get the take right, probably, and they're <laughs> like, all right, fuck it, this is going in the movie. <laughs> but it's got to be tough. I mean, two thousand four, yeah. you know, CGI is pretty decent, but it's still not where it is today um so i don't know i guess we should probably give them a bit of a break but i think like the gold standard would be something like Gollum from lord of the rings yeah like that's true for this time period for sure Uh, because yeah but like like, what a workshop didn't work on this movie so right yeah i mean mean, and that and that's my point considering they didn't have the the budget that lord of the rings did um i mean they, they did a decent job considering yeah yeah it's no um night of the museum actually there's some decent cgi in night of the museum i was always surprised by the the lions in that movie i thought they looked really realistic like pretty decent photorealistic lions um but what a digression all right uh (laughs) back to this movie we'll get out of the first scene eventually uh yeah we'll get out of the opening scene but i like the Um, costume for the masked figure i like that yeah he's cool it's it's a cool villain costume i like it it looks, it, like it looks like something at Spirit Halloween, but like a well-made version, like something you'd have to spend a few hundred dollars in Spirit Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the that villain escapes. Um, the pterodactyl monster that caused all the chaos escapes, helps him escape, and and steals like two, like steals the Black Knight. The Black armor, Knight. I think. Yeah, I think just the Black Knight. Yeah. And. Um, Alicia Silverstone comes in and her character, she's kind of like a manipulative news anchor and she interviews the gang, but like manipulates the footage. So it comes out of context. So it looks like the gang is trash talking Coolsville and would just like let the villains escape. Uh, so we, we have an interesting, like, Oh, the, the fake news, the media's evil angle here yes. in this movie. Very prescient. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, she has yeah. a great name too, Heather Jasper Howe. It's another great Scooby Doo esque yes. name. Yeah. Um. So then the gang regroups at their at their headquarters, and Scooby and Shaggy are ashamed because they're they're the slackers of the group. Um. And they're like, we have to try harder. We have to we have to try to contribute to like figuring out the mysteries. Yeah. And so they they start pretending to be like 
Sherlock Holmes, like, oh, fascinating, indubitably. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, yes. Well, and specifically, they overhear the rest of Mystery Inc. like say, oh, Scooby and Shaggy kind of like messed up or whatever. And the, and also on the right. news broadcast that Alicia Silverstone makes, she she points out specifically Scooby and Shaggy like fucking up the display at the museum. Yeah. Um, so right. yeah, they're a little they're a little down because of that. Yeah. But, uh, Shaggy says we always screw up the plan. I guess I never noticed. Yeah, <laughs> this is fucking great. Uh, it's it's lines like that where it's just like, yeah, James Gunn like gets it. Um, he, the um, the Alicia Silverstone character also refers to them by their full names. So she says Norville, Shaggy <laughs> Rogers, and Scoobert Scooby Doo. Yes, <laughs> Scoobert Scooby. <laughs> Um, um, did either of you ever watch a pup named Scooby Doo when they were kids? The animated show from the nineties. No, that doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, so it was uh, basically a prequel animated show uh, that was on Cartoon Network where they were kids, and uh, there was another kid that they would always interact with named Red Herring, and they would always think he was the bad guy uh, because he was a bully, and you know, Red and his name, and his is, name Red is, Red is Red Herring. Um, but it was it's a, but it was the same plot you know the plot structure sure. as as the other show it's there's you know some adults who are criminals who are trying to do something and their monsters are not real i i remember like commercials airing for it i just avoided it because i hated scooby-doo well uh, yeah i get yeah <laughs> i i guess i like scooby-doo more than i thought i did yeah, like i clearly just watching this i was like oh i, I recognized all of these ghosts these monsters like yep. yeah no i was i guess i was a pretty big scooby-doo fan um, so the gang goes, they, they go to search the mansion of, um, the Peter Boyle character. Yes. Jeremiah Wickles, the, who Perfect. is the original Black Knight. So I imagine that's the actual name of the original Black Knight in the original cartoon. Gotcha. I would hope. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter Boyle, the old man is great in this movie. Um, is Jeremiah Wickles. He, we, we have the same birthday. I found out when I was doing nice. some research. <laughs> Yes. Coming up, I won't say what your birthday is, but coming up, folks. I mean, I, I just doxed it, so whatever, who cares? October 18th, my birthday is, I share it with Peter Boyle. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, he's good. He he has oh, yeah, this you mansion. You yourself, never mind. Whatever, it's fine. Um, he has this mansion <laughs> on, on the edges of Coolsville, and the Mystery Inc. goes to investigate. And it's like it's like classic Scooby Doo. It's like this dusty cobweb mansion, and they're they're like tiptoeing around and they're looking for clues. It's uh, a better mansion than the mansion in that stupid fucking Guillermo del Toro movie. Hot take, folks. <laughs> um, the ghost one. Yeah, Mouth of Madness. Crimson Crimson, Crimson Peak. Peak. That's what it's called. That's right. right yes, right. Crimson Peak. So this is better. No, it's they're both fine. <laughs> it's just they are both very classic gothic horror mansions um, but this one's obviously goofy as well i liked the joke uh the psychic that they had at the beginning um where they they rang the doorbell and they fell into the trap door and then there were other people who had rung the doorbell before them and it's like a girl selling girl scout cookies and and then like mormons that were yes. like have you heard the good news yes as she's walking out she's counting like 20s that they gave her yeah yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, because Scooby has cookies. It's good. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, I kind of wish though that like, because Shaggy is holding one box, but she's counting up to like a hundred, and it's like, 
I wanted them to have like a wheelbarrow full of like they, cookies or like just or holding like a had, ton. Yeah, I was like one had box. Matthew Come on, guys. just with a carrying like a whole a bunch of book cookies. Yeah, it's the only failed sight gag. But most of the sight gags are really good in this movie, yeah. and, and just like and the one liners and stuff like. Um, like even in, in you know very cartoony when they fall into the trap door like they don't fall until they look down and notice that the trap door has fallen under them yes yes um and then while they're exploring the the ghost mansion um scooby and shaggy run into the black knight but he's the real black knight like he, he actually is a living suit of armor and they have an extended chase scene where they run around and everything um and then Daphne fights the Black Knight. It's like a Dark Souls fight. It's, yeah. like, it's actually like pretty. It's pretty intense. Yeah, she gets like two axes. Right? She point. gets. Uh, actually, it's a halberd that gets cut in half. And oh, she okay. uses both halves of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Sorry, I knew. I, I actually set you up for that. That's what I meant to do. Thank that you. was me playing four D chess. Um. <laughs> Good job. Good job. There's also a cool dynamic um, with uh, Velma reading the book to mm-hmm. try to like figure out its weak point and he's trying to like yes. kill her and shit right. and Daphne has to save her yeah yeah that part is cool because um they they find like the the ancient ancient magical celtic book that that gives life to the armor yeah and and Velma is trying to read it and like figure out its weak point while Daphne holds it off but and Velma does best it because its weak point is kicking it in its uh its balls Yes. <laughs> no, it's 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 good. Um, and it's a great suit of armor. It, like I, I, it's a practical effect. I mean, it's mm-hmm. um, probably I assume a person in a suit uh, with some like m- some mechanics, you know, for the the facial movement. Or I doubt it's right. puppetry. I'm sure it's just you know um, some motors in there. Um, and then there's some CGI to augment it because it has like a. It's not connected. Like it's the top half, the breastplate isn't connected to like the bottom half. There's the yeah. midriff, which is like all glowy. Yeah, I imagine it was some mist. guy in a green bodysuit just wearing the armor, and they yeah. could like green screen it, like remove the green parts. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's, and and we'll and we'll see more of this as as we go mm-hmm. along. But there's yeah, there's some really incredible costumes in this movie. Yeah. Um. So then they go back to their their uh, headquarters again, and um, the the Seth Green character comes to take Velma out on a date, and then she she has like a makeover to get hot. Yeah, well, we're seeing this the movie. is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's also so weird because it's like so James Gunn had said that he wanted to write Velma as as gay. Um, but was yeah. not allowed to do that, and and the studio notes were you have to give her a boyfriend in this movie. Um, but there's like a hint of of the gayness here when yes. Daphne and Velma are like crawling under desks as Velma is trying to escape um, yes. from Patrick uh, Seth Green's character, and like the way Daphne is talking to Velma as as if it's like I believe these things in you, I believe that you're beautiful and smart, like almost like a, her like trying to tell her yes. that she actually has a crush on her um but of course it's quashed because you know we need the the, the heterosexual romance yeah i i did see that too on social media like james james gunn has gone public on like twitter 
saying essentially he he did write them or he did write Velma as as, as gay for the movie, but um, yeah, little hints of it come out, but like it it clearly feels railroaded. Like the the Seth Green character, like Seth Seth Green to give to give him credit, he does his best, but like it's it's such a nothing aspect to the movie, ultimately. Yeah, I mean it adds yeah, it adds nothing. His character adds nothing to this movie. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about the set for the Mystery Inc. headquarters. It's pretty great. It's pretty groovy. Yeah, it's very groovy, very retro. Um but when did the original Scooby Doo come out? Sixties or seventies? Live action research. Hold on, folks. Doing some uh, live action on air research, as we usually do. Whichever decade it is, um, very faithful to that decade. I'll say that. Uh, 69. Okay. So 60s so the 70s. More yeah. the 70s. More the 70s. But yeah, I think, I mean, I did not live through the 70s, but it seems like it's very, uh, yeah, they did yeah. some some research there. Um even things like the kitchen area where Shaggy and Scooby are hiding yeah. when they're eavesdropping on the other members, like 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 kind of the pastel colors yes. and like the the groovy funky um like cabinets and like appliances that were in the kitchen area. Yep. It it looked very it looks like a live action cartoon. It's 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 cool. Yeah. Do they have? Is there? Am I maybe remembering this wrong? But does the living area have like a one of those conversation pits? Like those, I think so. Or, I think the TV, the TV where they, like, like where they watch the TV news broadcasts. Like it, it, it's like a depressed conversation pit area. Yeah, those are great. Um, when I worked at the Museum of the Moving Image in New York, uh, they actually had a full section that was a a conversation pit uh, from the seventies where you could watch. Um, I think it was a loop of the old Incredible Hulk cartoon and a loop of the old Amazing Spider-Man cartoon. And you could just sit awesome. in this conversation pit and just, just watch these old cartoons. That's great. That is great. Um, so while they're back at the headquarters, uh, they do some research. Um, and initially they think that the villain is what, what, what like the, the their current villain is one of their old villains um the pterodactyl mad scientist guy yeah. played by Tim Blake Nelson Jonathan Jacobo um Jacobo which I think is again the original name of the um the pterodactyl ghost although my understanding is that the original um, story for the pterodactyl ghost is different in in this version it's like involving the mine getting the stuff to turn the costumes into actual monsters um, but in the original story from the cartoon he like stole like m- musical records or something like that <laughs> something super lame <laughs> oh i'm gonna steal these lps <laughs> from from the monkeys or something <laughs> so they they scrap that but yeah, he, according to their research, um, the Tim Blake Nelson ha- had died when he tried to escape from prison. And he has a great costume um, too. Like they have the they have like this old school costume. They show him like robbing a an armored car, and he has like this old school pterodactyl ghost costume. And then he makes his own makeshift costume in jail to escape from the prison yes. wall, where he falls to yes. his death. <laughs> And and we get one of the best lines. He says, "So long, suckers." And then as and when he starts to fall and crash into the ocean, he's like, "Help me, suckers!" 
it's good stuff. Um, so they they don't have that clue, and then uh, they go to the silver mine. I think it is. Yeah. Um, the Peter Boyle's character he owns a silver mine in old, in Paul. This is where old Coolsville comes into play. Because they go to like old old time, old Coolsville, and and it used to be a silver mine, and like in the mine. Um, they find like the the layer where they create these monsters. Yeah, and I guess like a silver mine could next to like a city is entirely possible if it's more like in the the west, like Midwest or west of America. I mean, obviously this is a card based on a cartoon, so it doesn't matter. But like <laughs> yeah. silver mines do exist in America, I believe. Just yeah, further out yeah, west. Sure. So. I always, I, I guess, I would picture Coolsville in like California. That's what I was maybe. thinking. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. You know, there are silver mines out out west. Yeah, but we, but uh, before that, do we? Does Shaggy and Scooby go to the faux ghost? Right, I forgot that. Yeah, they go to the bad guy bar, yeah. and that part's great. Also, I would assume in old Coolsville. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Shaggy and Scooby go to. Um, the old watering hole where all their villains like hide out from the law essentially. And they, they, they go undercover. They're, they're in like disco disguises and they're trying to get information from the villains. Yeah. And then like, 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 like from the henchmen. Yeah. And when they walk in, they see that one of the henchmen is playing like whack-a-mole and the moles (laughs) are all the Mr. Inc gang. And they all say they're like catchphrases when he hits them. Uh, like I think Velma says jinkies and, um, you know, Scooby says Scooby Dooby Doo or something. Um, they throw, they throw darts at pictures of the gang too in the wall. Yeah. (laughs) And they, and they, uh, the bullseye is like Fred's dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, they eventually get caught out, like found out, of course they get caught, but they, they escape, um, but they crucially before that happens, uh, Shaggy had uh, connected with Peter Boyle, uh, try and like was trying to pump him for information. Um, Shaggy's actually like surprisingly effective in this movie. Like he he does a fair amount of like detective work on his own. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, this movie is more focused on them uh, this time yeah. around. I don't remember much of the first movie, but I think it was more focused on the whole gang. And then I don't know. We spend a lot of time with Shaggy and Scooby. In this in sure. this movie sure um so yeah that that does happen um and i think that is how they get the information to head to the silver mine because they learned from peter boyle in the bar yeah and then they head to the silver mine uh they they go into the mine and they find um like this gizmo thing that it actually does create the monsters for real yeah yeah because uh they were using i guess that celtic book to create monsters i don't there's like some weird hieroglyphic-esque you know pictogram stuff uh all over um and they use one of the best uh um, names randomonium is the element that they use very much like unobtainium um it's something like the runoff that's created when you do silver mining or something and that's they use that element to create these monsters 
It also has mm. an algorithmic cross currency of negative four point one two one. Yes, as stated by Zelma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get we get a very scientific scene where uh, they devise a way to uh, undo the 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 monster creation machine. <laughs> uh, we should also mention the the essential component looks like a frisbee. Oh yeah, yeah. The thing the, the thing that like the the key to the machine looks yeah, like a the, frisbee. Yeah, the console, and then they literally throw it like a frisbee later in this movie. Yeah. Um, but they, so what monsters are created? Well, Scooby and Shaggy think it's like uh like a DJ, like a like a little sound mixer creator uh, thing. Yeah, they, uh, they they do they do SoundCloud rap yeah. on on the on the frisbee computer, and they accidentally create like um minor forty forty nine er, the hundred or thousand volt ten thousand volt monster ghost ten thousand volt ghost tar ghost, the tar the tar guy, um, the two skeletons, the two skeletons, um the pirate, yeah because no, they, they they don't yeah, create the, the oh they do yeah yeah they do. Because li- cause later they they take the the pirate There's ship pirate down ship the city yeah, although I don't think we see the pirate, I think that was one. So I was reading that they, the company that made all the costumes, they were like fired midway through. So another company has to come over and take over, and they didn't actually finish the pirate. So we don't ever see yeah. Redbeard, um, but we see Redbeard's ship. So yeah, they do create Redbeard, but we just don't see him. And then they also create the zombie. The one who like spits up on the guy later, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they yes, they yes. Tr- they the original company started to make a red beard and the creeper who kind of looks like a the it's like a Frankenstein. No, the that's the zombie one. I think the creeper, if my if I remember correctly, the creeper's one that looks like a traditional ghost, but has like shackles on its arms. No, you're wrong. That was Sco- the creeper. The- the Scooby-Doo Creeper looks like a f- Frankenstein's monster. Monster. Okay. I'm looking at him right now. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I know which one we're talking about now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so they, they, these monsters actually become real. And, and this is part of... part Like, like the, this is one of the cool things about this movie. Um, like, the idea of, of Mystery Inc. They have to fight the monsters from their past but the monsters are actually real like they're not just guy like guys in costumes you know yeah um which like i said they they had previously established in one of the animated movies where they go to louisiana but yes. they, they didn't fight you know the monsters from their past they just they they fought these uh new monsters sure zombies and um werecat dudes with uh yeah. with cajun accents <laughs> Um, we also get the scene before this where Scooby and uh, Shaggy they take a bunch of like potions and they change change into different versions of themselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we get we get bimbified Shaggy. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, and I was actually surprised by that scene that like they it could have been like worse. Like what you know he could have like felt himself up or like. Yes. So they really could have had some really leering shots, but it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, Shaggy just has boobs now. <laughs> we get a super genius Scooby, and he creates the new potions to turn them back. Yeah, because 
Shaggy at this point is like Musclehead Shaggy. Yeah, we got Roid Rage Shaggy. Yeah, it's good stuff. And then and and it starts with Alien Scooby, which that CGI was perhaps the worst in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and he also turns into the Tasmanian Devil. And I was reading, this is why he turns into the Tasmanian Devil. So, of course, they're both Warner Brothers properties. But what they wanted to do in the original script, James Gunn wrote that he turned into the 2D version of Scooby-Doo from the original cartoon. But the studio notes, they said, no, we don't want to do that because then people will compare the 2D to the 3D Scooby, perhaps unfairly. Uh, So they were like, we can't do that. So... Yep. That is very frustrating. Yeah. That's that's one of those studio notes that's just like, fuck you, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know you don't know how to make movies. Uh you you should not be in this business. Well, I mean, at any rate, the the presence of like Tasmanian Devil was it, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. But yeah. It should have been Scoopy from the original series. Like that makes so much more Scooby. sense. Like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then um, after they escape the silver mine, is this when they go back to their their old high school hideout? Yeah, because at this point, the masked figure has uh, issued a fatwa on them. Basically, yes, yes. he says, um, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna fuck up this town. We're gonna fuck up Coolsville unless you give up the mystery ink gang." Um, so there be there, every monster starts like, you know, like the the one zombie guy like spits up on a reporter and the tar monster like yeah he consumes people yeah he starts basically <laughs> uh, like consuming people and like uh suffocating them uh. <laughs> um one of the sets in this segment that i did really like is um alicia silverstone her her news reporter character when she's like reporting from the news desk um it's this giant eyeball behind her desk and it's like in this black void yeah, of a yeah. room it, it was like very it was it was like kubrick oh so it was yeah. like they, this this gigantic eye behind a news reporter like like this silver eye in this black void of a room and wasn't the um, desk itself like shaped like a magnifying glass too yeah i, th- I think that's yeah true. yeah so i think like the the actual logo of of the 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 station was like a eye with a magnifying glass yeah right but yeah no the and then they do go back to their original uh clubhouse from when they were yeah high schoolers in in like the yeah. marsh or the swamp of coolsville and and paul you don't did you ever see those um like what's new scooby-doo um or not what's new scooby-doo but like like the the directed directed tv uh live action movies where they played like themselves as younger no i don't think so because like I never saw them, but I, I remember them existing. So like th- like this flashback scene where they where they play frisbee, um, like 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 that era is when those movies like were centered around. I I remember that much at least. I see. I don't even remember that. Like I was looking up, you know, this movie to just get some of the usual data we get on these movies, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? There's two other Scooby Doo movies that were direct to TV. <laughs> yeah strange but yeah, yeah. They, it's just they like have their nice little... make make more of the movies for film but i guess it's cheaper and like i don't know you don't lose as much money if you do that i don't i mean because you know 181 million on a box of on a budget of 80 is 
pretty bad. I mean, it's like it get, it makes its money back, but it's probably why this movie you know didn't get a sequel because that's that's not the best box office. Right. The first one made like two hundred and something million, I think, on about okay. the same budget. Um. So yeah, the they they kind of like form form up a new plan when they're at their at their old old school hideout and like uh, oh we're all we're all friends and we're gonna come up with a new plan and um they reprogram the frisbee computer that they have so all they have to do is plug it back into like the bigger computer that it comes from and it will it will it will shut off the the magic essentially that that makes the monsters actual monsters yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and this is where we get the uh yeah, I fucking love science uh, montage where they do very accurate science to figure out how to counteract the the monsters. Um, oh yeah, but then we do get I and this this could have been terrible, but the, I thought this chase scene was pretty decent here. Um, so it starts off with them uh, with the I don't know what that ghost is like the the diving bell ghost. I don't know like what. They gave it a name, but I can't remember what the name of that ghost is. The the ghosts were in the like the old time scooby. Yeah, the diving bell. I don't know what that one's called, okay. but that sure. ghost comes out of the because they're like their their clubhouse is like right next to a giant lake or something, and he comes out of the yeah. lake, uh, harpoons their car as they're trying to get away, and they just back up reverse, and he very comically like flies up into the air and goes back into the lake. Um, but then the, the pterodactyl ghost chases them through the, the, the streets of Coolsville. Um, it was just fun. It was just like, it's a decent set piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, they have that funny little bit in the middle where, where, um, like, like Fred is almost pulled off the, pulled out of the car by the monster. And then, and then Velma and Daphne save him. And then and Shaggy jumps back. He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm glad you guys are all right." And they're like, "Oh, well, who's driving?" Yeah, and nobody's driving the car. Yeah, and then they 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 teach Scooby how to drive because they're actually yeah. all hanging off the back because the the shag carpet uh, that is that lines yes. the actual the, the the van is is taken up by the pterodactyl ghost, and and so they're hanging off of that while Scooby is yeah. is driving, steering, sort of. Uh, they said they put it in cruise control, so that's how they get away with, you know, him of being course. a dog, having dog legs, and, yeah, uh, probably not being able to actually hit the, the brake or the gas. But then we get to the coolest part of the movie, because they get back to the silver mine, and standing in their way is the Black Knight once again, and um, on, on a horse this time, and he challenges Fred, or, or Fred challenges him yes. to a jousting match. Yes. Um, Fred finds a randomly he, he he just walks over to the side of the road and he finds like a motorcycle yeah. and he gets on the motorcycle and he grabs a big pipe because it's, it's like a destroyed silver mine yeah. so there's like detritus everywhere and um over the soundtrack starts playing guns and roses uh i'm a cowboy dead or alive it's bon um, and bon jovi right not Guns N' Roses. You should know because um, you once put Bon Jovi was your favorite artist, your favorite musical artist. Correct. That is true. My, my application, yeah. my application to be a counselor in training at uh, Small World's uh, day day uh, day camp um, 
I had to write down what my favorite band was, and I wrote down Bon Jovi, even though I don't like Bon Jovi that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we we get this really cheesy, awesome um, scene of Fred jousting with the Black Knight. Um, that was always my favorite scene it, as a kid. I, why? Why dude, did you like that it? Because they were they were jousting. Yeah. I thought that song was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. It, it it's just like it, it's so funny because like it, they they build up the Black Knight as like this villain who who like you have to be afraid of, and then Fred's like, wait, there's a motorcycle. I'm gonna jump yeah. on. I'm I'm just gonna joust with. I them. just know this motorcycle's here. <laughs> um, this immaculate motorcycle with not a scratch on yeah. it um yeah. yeah it's no it's great apparently they all did their own stunts in this movie like the, the main cast all did their stunts themselves um that's pretty cool so yeah freddie prince did this i mean he he got hit off of a, a motorcycle and jousted with a uh, suit of armor <laughs> i know i know sarah michelle geller she um she has like martial arts training i think from buffy from buffy primarily. yeah for sure um and, and she she has the most fight scenes for sure yeah oh yeah mm-hmm no, it makes sense. I mean, she's doing Buffy right at the same time, or it just—it's maybe just over around two thousand four. Yeah. It just ended, maybe. Um, I can't remember exactly when it ends, but it's around that time. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, she has big Buffy energy throughout this whole movie. Like, yes. And it, one of the one of the things I like most about the script, and I remember this from the first movie too. Um, all four of the main human characters like they all interact with each other Mm -hmm. because like you you have obviously fred and daphne are going to interact a lot um and obviously shaggy and scooby are going to interact a lot but like i like how they all feel like friends and they all have relationships with literally every other person like like there's no just like oh this is the main friendship and then everyone else is kind of friends with them it's like they, they actually feel like a group which is really are cool. you implying that scooby isn't a main part of the cast <laughs> yeah I, wow. I accidentally implied that <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry they they the the main the main five some they all, they all feel like they're all actually friends with each other. I mean, Scooby is really annoying in this movie, at least. Like, I will say, I, I, I was kind of annoyed by Scooby. In this movie? Yeah. <laughs> I like Scooby a lot. you liked him. <laughs> Except for, uh, you know, like, select scenes. But it's yeah. pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. I don't, is, is Neil Fanning the original voice of... No, I don't think that guy's the original voice of Scooby-Doo. Man, we should do more was research. It? I don't know why we don't know these things. Casey Kasem isn't that the original... Shaggy? He's the original Shaggy. I'm not sure if he was the original Scooby as well. I, again, yeah. we should know these things, but we don't. It's crazy enough that Casey Kasem was the original voice of Shaggy. Um, I used to listen to Casey Kasem's radio show as a kid, like all the Damn. time. Well, because it was well, later at night. What was his show? Um, he just was a host of a radio show um, where he would play like music that people dedicated to other people, basically. Um, so like you'd call into a show and he'd ask you like, Oh, who are you dedicating this song to? And then they'd tell some sappy story. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was just, it was later at night and it would be, we'd be listening to it when we'd come back from like visiting my grandparents. Um, so we would just be driving late at night on the Long Island Expressway and, uh, we'd just be listening to Casey Kasem. (laughs) Casey Kasem. Yeah. My, um. 
Yeah, I I I know his name. Just like I I know he's like famous for other radio stuff. I I didn't know he had his own show and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while Fred is occupied with the Black Knight uh, in his own Dark Souls fight, um, Daphne fights the the thousand gold ghost, th- thousand volt ghost. Um, Velma fights the the skeleton things, and Shaggy and Scooby have to like. They have the computer, the computer disc, and they have to plug it into the main the mainframe to shut down all the monsters. But um, the monsters catch up to them. Um, the tar monster captures everybody, and the tar monster is like suffocating and killing the humans. And then Scooby Doo he rallies and he gets an, a fire extinguisher and he freezes the tar monster. Yes. Which is pretty violent. All that, all of what I just said for for a family friendly Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, I was kind of uh, I was surprised that I was like, oh, they're just gonna kill them. Um, yeah. And then the fact that the fucking fire extinguishers don't work like that either. I was pissed <laughs> off by that. That's fine. That's like it's 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 a live action cartoon that can, that can fly. No, but like the flying is fine, but the way that's just fire extinguishers don't shoot out um Constant. dry ice. Like the way it's basically just turned everything into ice. Like they don't that's not how a fire extinguisher works. Yeah, that's true. I I guess just like the whole movie's so cartoony at this point, I can accept that like the fire extinguisher would work like that in this world. Yeah, that's fine, but it doesn't. It shouldn't. <laughs> okay. okay. What are we teaching right. our children? Okay. If we're teaching our children, this is how you put out a fire. That's fucked up. Kids are going to die because of this. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Oh, it's. They, I don't think kids would pull the lesson that this is how you fight a fire. They would pull the lesson this is how you fight a tar monster. They would still, it wouldn't work. <laughs> like If you pointed a fire extinguisher at a tar monster... It would just be like, why are you putting this this chemical on me? This powder chemical. And suffocate you to death. That's fair. Yeah, and then it would just kill you. And then, wow, look where you got yourself now. That's fair. So in the sci-fi hellscape that we'll live in the next few years, when tar monsters are the, the special are, surprise are of real. 2021. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, so don't use fire extinguishers to fight them. No. Um, Water, perhaps? Yeah, I don't I mean, know, but... Not fire extinguishers. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Scooby-Doo wins. He, he's the one to plug in the, the, the Frisbee computer brain into the mainframe, which shuts off all of the monsters. Um, the, the evil, evil black mask villain tries to escape, but they catch him. Uh, and the police come and the reporters come and everyone comes and like, Oh, we won. It's, it's a lot of coming. It's a lot of coming that happens at the end of this movie. I, I forgot about that. Until I started watching it. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Um, the villain, the Black Mask villain, is Alicia Silverstone's uh, reporter character. Yeah. But then they pull off her mask, and underneath it is Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. The original pterodactyl ghost, Jonathan Jacobo. Yes. Um, yeah. I clocked that it was Alicia Silverstone really early on. I was like, there's no reason for this character. It's definitely her. Uh, but yeah. I didn't... I didn't see that i didn't see the second switcheroo coming so that was clever 
Paul, were you fooled by this, or did you figure out who it was? The first time I was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, The the double switcheroo did get me. Like, oh, of course it's Alicia Silverstone, but oh, then she pulls off her mask, and it's it's the old pterodactyl ghost beneath that. Yeah. No, it was was a great, like, Mission Impossible uh, face reveal, too, because it's, yeah, she's wearing... And they actually made like an Alicia Silverstone like mask, like a you know a plastic Wait, mask. Wait, really? Well, it looked like it at least to me. In that scene, when I they thought took, it was just CGI. When they, I... No, I think it was an actual mask. It looked like it. It looked like mm. a rubber mask to me. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, and that's it. That's the end of the movie. All's well that ends uh, well. No, it's not um, the end of the movie. They dance. They go back to the faux ghost bar, and they <laughs> have a dance sequence where Ruben Stuttered sings, Thank you uh, for letting me be myself. <laughs> Ruben, Ruben Stuttered, the, the first winner of American Idol. No, that's um, Kelly Clarkson. He's the second, I think. The second winner of American Idol. Yeah. Um. He he sings. It's it's like a Bollywood style ending, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and they all sing and dance, and that's it. Yeah, it's very two thousand four. That and it, just the soundtrack in general. Like there are some there are some songs yeah. that come through, and they're they're all horrendous. I mean, they're all very two thousands, like pop punk um, or ska. Except or for like that. Except for Bon Jovi's "Wanted Dead or Alive." Yes, except for Bon Jovi, and then they actually sing Strangers in the Night at one point as well, um, which is, is where they got the name Scooby-Doo from, because in, in the song Strangers in the Night, he goes, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, and that's, that's, that song's Whoa. from like the 50s. He's also singing uh, that into a toilet brush. Yes, yes, the toilet brush. When yeah, Scooby thinks that. he's getting clues when he's in... Um, <laughs> the black uh, knight's house and he's like oh i got all these clues raggy and uh it's like a toilet brush it's underpants it's uh, like a rubber ducky and shaggy's like but that's just a few likes scoob that's not clues <laughs> i also found it weird that they cgi'd the mansion it seemed like yeah there were some shots of the cgi mansion um it's it's strange though because like they do create a lot of sets um and then once in a while they use CGI, and it's it it doesn't it doesn't look very good. Um, but again, we have yeah. a budget of eighty million. That's that's pretty low for a movie like this. Yeah, I mean, con- considering they did a decent job, but um, again, like I was getting at, like like some of the scenes with Scooby and Shaggy, like like just really close touching each other, um, it it just doesn't work. It, it it looks it just looks very fake. Like I'm thinking of that scene where they're in the silver mine, I think, and they're tiptoeing past the windows, um, through the shadows. So it'd be like shadow, window with light, yeah, yeah. shadow, window with light. And um and like Scoob is supposed to be holding Shaggy. It just it just looks kind of fake. Yeah. But a lot of that silhouetted it as well. So it looked I actually like that shot a lot. Like I thought that was one of the better shots in the movie. Yeah. That is true. But not so much because of the CGI, but just like on the cinematography level. I was like, oh, right. this shot's kind of cool. And then, yeah, they see like the skeleton duo. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> my favorite interaction between a real life person and CGI is when Sarah Michelle Geller decides to drop kick the uh, thousand volt ghost for some reason. 
and then she yep. just like flies backwards. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, and th- there there are some good CGI people interactions, like whenever the Tyrannodon has to like pick up somebody, whenever um, Fred is is jousting with the Black Knight. Anything uh, with the skeletons is pretty decent too. Like the the skeletons interact with like yeah. actual physical, you know, sets pretty often. There's a cool scene where uh, Velma is um, running from the skeletons, and she she's standing next to a wooden door, and one of the skeletons throws its skull at her, and the skull like crashes through the wooden door, yeah. and she like screams and jumps. And, and like, like yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like if, if a skeleton threw its head at a door you were sitting right next to it, like it it would shock you. Yeah. So like, yeah, just things like that. Yeah. If this movie was made like two or three years later, like the the CGI technology, you know, got progressively yes. better. Um I can only imagine what the first movie CGI is like. I mean it's like two thousand two. It must look like total shit. <laughs> The first movie, oh God. the first movie also has uh, Shaggy in a girl's body. Really? Yeah. Forgot that. He he um, <laughs> I think he transfers with Velma. No 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 no, uh Daphne. Daphne, damn. So or Fred. You know what I think it is? Shaggy is I, a I trans th- icon. Yeah. I I think I think all four of them like their spirits get pulled out of their bodies. Yes. Okay. And they switch around to all, and like everyone is, is everyone a different else. person. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Oh, I for, I forgot all about that I, until you said I that. I thought I didn't off. watch it, but that scene made me re- uh, remember the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's that's wild. Now, did you two like um, see the first movie in theaters together? Do you do you think? No, I think I have no. a yeah, I have a disc. You have a disc. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the first movie in theaters and I was underwhelmed by it. I remember being like, "Oh, I'm so I'm so excited," and I guess <laughs> I just didn't care about the monster, and that's like why I watched the show as a kid. And I remember it was just like it was, was kind of lame monster. And then the fact that like Scrappy was the villain, I always liked Scrappy. I was one of the few people who liked Scrappy as a kid. All my friends hated Scrappy. Um, they're all like, "Fuck Scrappy!" You're the one, but I'm just the one. I was like, "Oh, he's he's." cute little guy he pretended to be tough i saw myself in him um, so uh <laughs> so the the scooby-doo movie uh came out in 2002 paul would have been uh one year old so he probably didn't probably see, didn't see it in the <laughs> probably not uh both of these movies this one and the sequel i just like have flashbacks of like being at like one of my random cousin's houses like at a sunday afternoon family party and just like listlessly playing with like lego sets that are half built on the on the on their living room floor and just like the movie is playing in the background and i'm like barely pay attention to the movie that's what this movie reminds me of. <laughs> that sentiment yeah so i've probably seen i've probably seen both of these movies a bunch of times but just like never start to finish right right I was excited to see this one as a kid because of all the monsters, but uh, mm. 14, I guess I probably would have thought I was too cool to see it, maybe, or my friends would have thought they were too cool to see it. So that's why it's taken me until the ripe old age of 30 to see this film. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the writing. I like the whole idea behind it. Just I, I was never super into Scooby-Doo, so I, whenever I would go to these cousin, like, family parties, I would just always not pay attention to the movie whenever it was on. I would play with Legos instead. Well, to be fair, that's what I was doing while I watched this movie. No. <laughs> Loserific. Loserific. What else do they say? It's like sucktastic. Yeah, yeah. Sucktacular. Yeah, spectacular. No, I mean, like Shaggy's dialogue is great. Um, It and and Matthew Lillard sells it so well. Yeah, he he's good. He he's definitely very good as Shaggy. Um, They 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 couldn't have picked anyone better. Yeah. Which going off of that. Uh, our first worker of note is actually the casting director, uh, Mary Vernau. I butcher that. Sorry, Mary. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's an incredible cast. I mean, there's not much to say about it, but uh, spot on for the the, the main uh, four plus Scooby, the guy who does his voice is good, I guess. Uh, and then I mean, just the secondary cast, like p- to get Peter Boyle to agree to be in this movie. To play a curmudgeonly yep. old man who owns a silver mine is just fucking great. I also we didn't mention, but there's a scene where he's trying to sell his silver mine to investors to make an amusement park in which uh, children will uh, mine silver, but for real. <laughs> I for, I forgot about that little plot detail. It's so That's small, wild. but he's he's trying to sell basically child labor the amusement park, and it's great. <laughs> I completely forgot about that, but yeah, P- Peter Boyle is essentially he—he's the red herring, right? Like he—he's set up as the yeah. villain, um, but he—he's just trying to benignly create a mu- an amusement park to to trick children to do child labor <laughs> for him. So fucking great, king <laughs> king shit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's great casting, and uh, this is actually one of Peter Boyle's last films. I think it's his penultimate film. Um. I, the next film he makes after this looks atrocious, some like horse riding movie, and then another film was released posthumously. Um, but yeah, so one of his one of his last movies, he dies in two thousand six, oh. I think. After Monsters Unleashed in two thousand four, he was in Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause. Oh, that's right. Yes, he's that. He's in that. He he's he's Father Time. Yes. in Santa Claus. 3. And then the horse riding movie, I think, is his posthumous film. Yes, uh, the two thousand eights. All roads lead home. Yes, incredible. Yeah, it it just. I'm looking at the poster now. It just looks like horse. The film. Yeah, mm. <laughs> but what a way to go out! Scooby Doo two, and then Santa Claus three. That's fucking great. That's the one with Martin Short, yeah. right? Where he's Jack Frost. That is the one with Martin Short as. Jack I've never Frost, seen yeah. that one. I've only seen one and two. Uh, I went with a bunch of my shitty high school edgelord friends to watch that in theaters and we walked out halfway through nice amazing yep i didn't even think that one got a theatrical release that's great it did it did oh yeah i was there (laughs) (laughs) you and five friends and that's about it i imagine can't imagine that movie did well um so the other workers of note here i have um they kind of all go together in terms of what they add to this film and i think that they add the the verisimilitude of of the franchise um so we have costume designer uh lisa evans we have production designer bill bose uh and then three art directors uh shepard frankel don mccauley 
Michael Norman Wong. Uh, oh, and also uh, Ted Kerchera, the set decorator. Um, so I like these all just work in together so well and so seamlessly to uh, just just bring Scooby Doo to life. Um, like we were saying, the the mystery ink headquarters, the mansion, the mine look incredible. Um, everybody's costumes are spot on, you know. They, and they're they're like 2004 updates to the costumes too. Like the way Shaggy is wearing a, a, a long sleeve white shirt under his blue t shirt, and it has like some printing on the sleeve. Like that's like that's some like 2004 shit right there, you know. Um, and Daphne always has a shirt um, that has like her own face on it, and it says Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I missed that, but that, yeah, that that's it's good. great. I mean, um, yeah, and just I, the the sets are great, the art direction, production design, like costume. It's just it's just great. I I I was so surprised at how much I like this movie. Like, and I, well, I was gonna say I'm not the biggest Scooby Doo fan, but we've already established that. I guess I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> You're certainly more of a Scooby Doo fan than I am. I watched probably, if not every episode of the original show the majority of them because they would be on when i got home from school on the wb on kids wb that's what they did during during the day during the weekday after school that's what they played um and then obviously on the weekends you know saturday morning cartoons they had their their new lineup of shows um but they did this funny thing with the scooby-doo show where they would have in the corner like these little like annotations saying like watch out for this like this thing what goes wrong here like this animation like fred's hand looks backwards for some reason and stuff like that uh Whoa. so That's cool. i guess i have i guess i do have some fond memories of watching scooby-doo as a child <laughs> paul what what is your most vivid scooby-doo memory uh, me uh, dude it's a nightmare um <laughs> like I think the the set I mentioned earlier with the four movies uh mm -hmm. there's one like focused around skating uh and uh okay yeah that skating monster showed up in my dreams <laughs> and that was pretty bad <laughs> that's great nice oh. that one okay that one sounds familiar a skate yes I remember the skating one <laughs> yeah yeah I remember there was one of them around that time that they they use the song that's in the movie Labyrinth. The like, you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. There's like oh, ma magic magic dance. Yeah, yeah, the magic dance song, which is which is a song that originated in a movie, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soccer from the fifth from the fifties. Um, and it's like just a thing a character says to another character, and then they adapted that in Magic Dance, and then in the, one of the Scooby Doo movies from that time, one of the you know made for TV animated ones, they have like a like a punk adaptation, like a like a ska punk adaptation. <laughs> this is getting too much. Yeah, this is, this is I, I can't even keep. Up. I, I I clearly <laughs> watched way too much Scooby Doo in my lifetime. Yeah, no. Uh, I <laughs> I, I am I am definitely not a Scooby Doo fan. My um, all of my Hanna Barbera memories. Um, Godzilla, are, are the Johnny Quest. Oh, oh, not not the Godzilla. Not series. even after this movie. Especially not. Wow. After this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They 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 should take John. They should do a live action Johnny Quest movie. They should. I wonder if it's like either great. a rights issue they have, or if they think no one gives a shit. 
I should play Johnny. I. You should play yes. Johnny. <laughs> Paul looks like Johnny. He does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> little little blonde kid. Um, they could. I mean, they they have. I never got into it, but <coughs> I kind of. <coughs> Jesus Christ, dying! I got the Rona. Corona. <coughs> Jesus um, Christ. I was never into it, but there was uh, there was always. Uh, Venture Brothers, which is like uh, the the kind of loving parody, yeah, of Johnny Quest. Well, and there was a, there was a Johnny Quest reboot in the two th- in the early two thousands as well. Yeah, the the new adventures of Johnny yeah. Quest. It didn't last long though. No, that that was super weird. Um, Paul, do you remember those? We we had a few VHS tapes of those. Like, it it was like oh traditional animation for the real world stuff but then they would go into like cyberspace and they would be it would be like really very old very clunky cgi <laughs> wait for what for johnny quest no i don't remember that so it, it it's 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 it was called like the the brand new adventures of johnny quest um i'll have to watch that later and it was like yeah yeah you have to look it up um like it was usually like a third of every episode was devoted to like the 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 cyber quest um plot lines and they they would Whoa. fight like they would fight like hackers in in <laughs> cyberspace and it, yeah that's why it didn't last very long yeah no it, it was super like oh the internet yeah, is yeah. new and weird and, <laughs> that's know. incredible no i don't i don't i remember when it aired that i was just um yeah it w- i was not very enthusiastic about it so we had we had some of the action figures too, and like every action figure would have like the real life version, and then they would have like their cyber quest <laughs> version. In the cyber quest version, like the the bodies of the CGI character of of the action figures were like clear plastic, what? And they would have like high like painted highlights all over their body. Like th- they went all in That's on incredible. this like CGI like ooh cyberspace battles like thing. <laughs> nice. Um. Wow. Uh, yep. So our broke recommendation, uh, which is basically what I've been saying all along, that this is um, a pretty faithful adaptation of the of the cartoon. Um, so if you are a fan of the cartoon, um, I, I don't think you'd find any faults with this, except that the monsters here are real again, of course. But, you know, there is an unmasking at the end. So, um, yeah, pretty faithful adaptation. Sure. Um, my woke woke recommendation is for people who hate the cartoon, like me. <laughs> wow, shocker! Wow. <laughs> um, it improves upon everything uh, from the cartoon. It it makes these characters real, and you actually care about them, and it puts them in a real life situation, uh, and it it makes the monsters real, not just like dudes in in costumes. So that's fun. Fair enough. No, I I agree. I, t- I think it does actually make the cartoon. It, it improves upon the cartoon for sure. Um, our bespoke is for MCU fans uh, because this is a better culmination uh, slash crossover than Avengers Endgame. Uh, go fuck yourselves. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's got you know it it is a like highlight reel uh, of Scooby Doo. Yep. Uh, in the same way, Avengers Endgame is a highlight reel of the the prior MCU films, uh, except this film is 92 minutes as opposed to three hours long, um, and uh, this movie's 
um, just is written by James Gunn, which is better than uh, there's a writing team who wrote the majority of MCU films and like, I don't know the trash, but um, some of the best MCU films are also written by James Gunn. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that's it. That's everything about Scooby-Doo to monsters unleashed. Did, do we have any anything else we wanted to hit on before we wrap up here? Yeah, this movie was very short, but the ending was like so long and drawn out that it felt incredibly long. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. that's true. Like the third act is it has some pretty poor pacing. Um, but it's only 92 minutes. And I was like, "Wait, what? How did you yeah. How did you fuck that up? Like, how did you fuck the landing on this one up, guys?" <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a lot that goes on, and it just kind of, it just need to wrap up sooner. Yeah, I think I think like a quick eighty minutes would have been perfect. Yeah, Sh- shave ten minutes off somewhere. Well, it is made for children too, right? So like, I don't know if I was yeah. a kid watching this movie, I would have lost. I would have like, yeah, I would I would have lost the. I would not have the attention for the end of this movie. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, if if they if they took this energy and applied it to Johnny Quest, it would probably be my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> what if you just pretend that this is Johnny Quest movie? There's a dog in Johnny Quest. There's a dog in this. Yeah, Bandit. Um, I I think in the same time period, like a young Zac Efron would have been Johnny Quest. Oh, that would have been pretty good. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, uh, a young Dev Patel could have been Haji. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm ca- I'm casting this already. I got this. I get this down. Yeah, who would have been? Let's make um, it happen. Race Race Bannon. Yes, that's the character's name. Mike Jason Pence can be cast. Mike Pence. <laughs> yes, Mike Pence. <laughs> it's true. Mike Pence. Mike Pence does look like old Race Bannon for sure. Yeah, he does. No, but if, but, if but, Race Bannon like hadn't hit the gym in like twenty years, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Mike Pence. <laughs> no, put put Jason Statham in a white wig, and he'd be Race Bannon. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, or The Rock. Better, yeah, even better. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, because he could pull off a white wig, like yeah, Dwayne, like a Dwayne shade, like Johnson, you know, just like a little, like a little stubble. Like white stubble on his head. Yeah, you know? yeah, like like yeah. silver fox stubble type yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that's how you do that. They should do that instead of him making the Black Adam movie. Like, who gives a shit about Black Adam? What a terrible, what a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool idea. Just like, I don't know if you could do a whole movie around Black Adam. Well, like, I think it's it's going to be Black Adam and the Justice Society of America, so that'll be more interesting than just that's kind of cool. Adam. Yeah, yeah that's that is cool. kind of cool. That, that's the only thing that's like the saving grace is that you're going to have like Hawkman and and those old school characters, um, Doctor like Midnight, Doctor Fate, Doctor Fate. I th- I think yeah, um, but otherwise, like uh, a Black Adam movie would it could it just couldn't keep my interest for for ninety minutes or two hours because all these fucking things are two hours now, so. Well, I think that's it. That's everything we have for uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Um, Paul, thank you very much for, for guesting on this episode. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having Paul. me. 
yeah, uh, it was fun. Dis- my my displa- my distaste of Scooby Doo notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, do you want to plug anything? Um, sure. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Tiger Got Your Tongue, uh, with a period in between each word. Tiger dot got dot your dot tongue. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's it. Awesome. Yeah, do it up. He he'll do he'll do some uh some uh live streams <laughs> of boxing with a with a with a, a box a punching bag and fencing against a tree, which is good good stuff. Yeah, it was good content. And larping alone. Yeah, and larping alone. But I, I mean, I I do that. I I post that on my Twitter and stuff. Yes, you did. You did uh, with your your Hanway sword. My Hanway, Hanway unboxing brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll plug our stuff really quick here. Um, uh, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pro underscore con. Um, on Twitter, we are at proletarian C, uh, no spaces, no periods. Um, on Facebook, just look us up, proletarian contrarian. And on Instagram, we are proletarian dot contrarian. Again, no spaces. Um, but yeah, follow us, like us, give us money on on patreon uh, we could always use it if you are if you have the means to do so um and it follows on instagram so you can see pictures of celeste the cat our unofficial mascot um yeah thank you for listening uh we will see you next time see you next week folks Thank you.